Welcome to Stay at Home, Mom, with your illustrious host, Leslie Goodgesell, mother to six beautiful daughters, wife to an amazingly hardworking and supportive husband, homeschooler, and homesteader in the making. Join me on this journey, this blessing of what motherhood looks like. this week's episode of Stay at Home Mom, where I get to interview another amazing mother. We're going to call this episode Birthing People Take Two, where we interview my beautiful friend who is from my ancestor's homeland. And I say ancestor as if I'm not two generations removed from Poland. (laughs) Ola, I have met through the chat room at RSB. We had an instant connection. I think our faith in the Lord and our desire to be good moms and raise our kids in the way that they should go really connected our hearts. I have always felt this deep connection to her. She's super intelligent. The amount of knowledge this woman contains, her ability to relate to other people with a deep understanding and empathy is absolutely astounding. And I can see her shaking her head at me like, I can't believe you're saying these things. (laughs) It is the truth. Every time I hear her speak or I see her share something, I'm always in awe of what the Lord does through her because I know she gives him all the credit. So I will side with her in that and say that the Lord moves through her in mighty ways. She's changing lives. And without further ado, welcome Ula to the Stay at Home Mom podcast. Let's Stay at home, mom. Oh, man. I am so honored and uh, I am very humbled with your kind and uh, way, way out there introduction of me. I don't deserve any credit, but yes, you're right. All credit goes to the Lord because whatever I do and however I help other people, it's all Him. So I just, like we talked about uh, briefly before in the podcast, the Lord works through us and I just... Like you, I just let the Holy Spirit work through me, and I am just a unworthy vessel. Yes, absolutely. I think you're a worthy vessel, though, and I think well, the Lord you. would see you as a worthy vessel because I don't think He sees any of us as unworthy. Otherwise, He wouldn't use us. That's true. You're right. But uh, that's an interesting topic of your podcast series, and I was going to ask you before we start our conversation, uh, where the idea behind the birthing people. I know. I am the least politically correct person that I know. (laughs) And I did not ever strive to do anything politically correct. But as I was kind of doing my own recording in this intro to what I was doing, it just came out of my mouth. And I thought, I guess that's what it is. I don't know why. I don't know what the Lord intended with me calling it that. But it was it just came out. And I thought, I guess that's what we're doing. Because I I never want to get in the way of the Lord. I never want to get in the way of what He wants to do through me. And there must be people out there that we're going to be able to reach that I wouldn't be able to if I titled it something else. You're right. And I love it. And like I said, you know, when people start Googling, people who wouldn't necessarily go to your podcast, knowing that it's uh, faith-based and uh, your background and belief system and philosophy, and they will type birthing people. Boom. Who knows? The Lord works in mysterious ways. 
And it wasn't, I am not a clickbaiter at all. I am the, actually am the worst salesperson. <laughs> I cannot sell anything. I probably could if I really, really worked at it, but I am, I am a very honest and straightforward person. What you see is what you get. I'm never going to pretend to be something that I'm not. Right. And I'm also never going to encourage anybody to purchase something that I don't inc- take myself or myself. Exactly. Yes. I am a hundred percent very real and yes. and incapable of being anything but that. That's why people would be willing to purchase stuff from you because they know who you are and how you are. You wouldn't be just, you know, um, okay, I'll give you a million dollars if you sell this product for me. No, unless I try it, unless it's organic, unless it's pure, unless it's okay with the Holy Spirit and my temple. Yeah, exactly. So. I don't want to be gimmicky by using that title, but I just felt like that's what the title was supposed to be. So I went with it. And so that's, we're going with it and we're going to go as long as the Lord takes us down. And I really love the idea behind it. And I love the people you are trying to reach and the stories you're trying to hear and share. I mean, that's amazing. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people that otherwise uh, wouldn't feel like, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who struggle with different things, like even miscarriage. You you mentioned you're looking for women who are willing to share about miscarriage and their journey. And a lot of women just keep it inside and they think they're the only ones and uh, they feel shy talking about it. They feel like they cannot talk about it because it's like uh, opening the old wounds that are never healed really until you really give it to the Lord and they don't know how to deal with it. So thank you for doing this podcast. You're welcome. My goal in doing podcasts all around was to make people feel less alone. Yes. For me to be real, because I feel like I'm willing to talk about the things that nobody else is willing to talk about and not Mm -hmm. in like the controversial or conspiracy theory realm, but just the emotional state of moms and and being a wife and the, the different things that we encounter, you know, homesteading, homeschooling, running a business, just Mm -hmm. being in a marriage. (laughs) Yes. Having friends and sisters. And a lot of us are afraid to actually communicate that emotion that comes with it and be real about how raw it is. Sometimes it's super ugly. (laughs) Sometimes it looks like that's it. I'm running away. I'm done. Like all of you people can just end for yourselves. Yeah. You know, it's about the growth and the gross. Like we said on our podcast, you know, the the autism journey, it's it's about the growth and the gross, because yeah. there is a lot of gross stuff that's uh, related to our lifestyle and, uh, you know, our circumstances. But yeah, yes. it's good to share because people leave that part, the real, you know, the the less um, popular and um, the socially acceptable. In- yeah, the not Instagram worthy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm I'm willing to show that. <laughs> Yes. I'm the person who's like, yeah, well, you want to see how gross this is? <laughs> Watch what I just did. Yeah. So no, that's, awesome. yeah, that's the whole reason I started it. I just wanted moms to feel less alone in their momming journey. Yes. And as I got 25 episodes in, I was praying and I thought, okay, Lord, I don't know what else I should share at this point about myself. I want to take it kind of off of me mm-hmm. and share some other mom stories because I think I have a pretty cool story. We've gone through a lot of different things, but my story is one in seven billion uh-huh. 
of people that I've encountered via the internet, face to face, right? People, like all these different areas in my life that I've encountered so many amazing stories. And I thought these stories need to be heard because right. I, I know this mom isn't the only mom I know that experienced that. And that mom over there is not the only mom I know that experienced that. So why not give people a platform uh-huh. that they might not otherwise have to share some of those experiences to make the other moms that have lived it or are living it uh-huh. feel so much less alone and like, hey, there are other people. We can do this. Yes. I can come alongside that person. I can encourage that person. I can pray for that person and see what the Lord does. I love it. Thank you so much for doing that. And I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people. And uh, I cannot wait to hear the other mom's stories because Me either. The, <laughs> the, the vast majority of moms who should be heard and their stories, like even, you know, our friends, there are amazing moms and uh, maybe they don't see themselves as amazing moms, but their life story and the way they handle business, like you said, you know, you have your homestead, you have homeschooling. So I can relate on the homeschooling part. Uh, homestead, we are still, hmm, you know, that's not. my wish. Yes, I would love to have my farm. And like I told uh, our friend Robert Scott Bell, that I was watching you milking the goat and I want to have a goat. I want to make my own cheese. I want to have the press that James made. I mean, it's all so beautiful. And it's like, it's working in synergy. Your kids, everybody's just incorporated in this uh, lifestyle and everything is just like, you know, it's almost like the way God intended it to be. Right. The marriage, the family structure. I love that. And uh, in a way, I envy you. But I know that God had a purpose for my life to be here Yes. And and I embrace it. And I, I do my best just to give my life to the Lord and uh, let him lead the way he wants our life to go. So, And you do a very good job of that. Well, thank you. And it's funny you say that you envy me because that's how I feel about you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You say, <laughs> like, she's been able to go do her Trinity schooling that I wanted to get done. And she's able to do this and she can go do that. And she and did all in the things. <laughs> The way the Lord orchestrated everything, it was just, it it was 2020, uh, the beginning of 2020. Of course, we know what happened, all the lockdowns and everything. So I had to quickly learn how to homeschool because I I would never let my kids go to school and wearing masks and uh, just uh, being suffocated and suffer, you know, uh, long-term side effects of that. So I said, no, we're not sending them to school. So they have to be homeschooled. So that began my journey in homeschooling and I was completely like thrown in a deep end. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So we bought a, a program, a curriculum with online classes for my daughter, for Vivian, uh, which was very helpful for me. And then I had to do work with Michael, which uh, was a little bit more difficult because he's got autism, quite severe autism. So I couldn't just put him on the regular curriculum for the sixth graders, for example. I still do some parts. I do kindergarten stuff with him. Some things he's way ahead and I just have to follow his lead. And so that's that's another adventure. But that was like Mark told me, my husband, he was like, you know, that's the perfect opportunity for you to actually embrace this naturopathy and dive deep. And, you know, we can make it work. We can... Uh, I mean, we can't afford it. <laughs> we can't. So it was just really a leap of faith and an investment. And yeah. I believe that uh, already helping other people through everything that I've learned at the Trinity, 
it paid off what we invested. So I'm on the clean slate there. And now uh, I believe that whatever comes extra is going to be a blessing from God. And the whole situation, COVID was a blessing in disguise for our family. Our family is a, you can say, nuclear family. We have just two kids. I have a 16-year-old boy, Michael, who has autism. So I'm an autism mama bear. And we have a 13-year-old Vivian, neurotypical, uh, 13 going on 20, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. She knows it all. And uh, she's the walking encyclopedia and she knows everything better than anyone. So, yes. And she makes sure you know it. <laughs> yes. Even about the 80s, which yeah. she wasn't even born then, but she knows all about the 80s, about the music, about the style. And uh, when we try to correct her, mom, no, this was not in the 80s. You were talking 90s. This was in the 80s. Like, oh, my goodness. Girl, I lived there. Okay. I was I was the 80s kid. It was us. <laughs> yes. But so that's that's our background. Of course, I'm not sure if the listeners of your podcast know my husband is a preacher, uh, a pastor. So uh, that's another pressure on the family, you can say, and a blessing. We We see it as a great blessing but also a very huge responsibility because we're not just, you know, doing our job, but we are really taking it very seriously on spiritual level. And uh, we just want to feel like we are showing people the way to the Lord and not just going, preaching, going home and living our life. Yes, we're living it. It's 24-7 job and our phones are open always for uh, anyone who has a prayer request or any need. So Mark is always traveling to hospitals or visiting people or meeting with, uh, you know, counseling and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I do the same. I also try to incorporate my knowledge and experience in naturopathy. And I try to help um, people through that and uh, any guidance, any help I can offer, I offer because I believe that this is my healing ministry. And um, I always make big emphasis, put big emphasis on the spiritual well-being. That's one of the pillars of the holistic health. Yes. And if your spiritual walk with the Lord is not where it should be, it will be like a stool, three-legged stool with one leg a little bit shorter or not existing. And then you try to balance, but most likely you will fall. Very true. Mm -hmm. Very true. And... You have your own podcast with your husband called I The Preacher and the Polish Girl. <laughs> yes, and it's been uh, hmm, suspended for a little while. I mean, uh, we had a, a, a sabbatical or whatever it's called in the preacher language. <laughs> and uh, it was just uh, so much happening in our life and in the church ministry, ministries, I should say, because we have several different new ministries that we try to oversee that it was just impossible to sit down, record, edit, and do all things. But yeah. at the same time, the ministry is going, the ministry, I call it ministry because it's a podcast. Uh, we are also doing the biblical manhood while Mark is doing the lessons on biblical manhood on the bncministries.com. Okay. Yes, that's Brothers and Sisters in Christ. And that's uh, mainly for the truck drivers. It's a ministry specifically towards those uh, truck drivers. And those are different lessons, the prayer meetings, daily studies as well. And a lot of different preachers just get together and they have their slot there. So we are part oh, of that. Neat. 
Yes, and uh, right now we are sending 200 Bibles uh, through our truck drivers that are incorporated in the ministry uh, to distribute them to people who need the Bible. So that's wonderful. And uh, Amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, that's a huge ministry. That's a huge ministry that we are part of and we are really blessed uh, and honored because it's a worthy ministry and yeah. the audience is growing and uh, more people are sharing their life story and also... Uh, even being in the truck for 12 hours or whatever, you know, it's very hard. Oh, yeah. And yeah. being away from the family, even if they get rest uh, somewhere in the rest area, uh, they don't see their families very often. And it's like, um, well, so we're trying to make sure that they have strong marriage, strong um, biblical manhood, again, how to lead the house, even if they are not physically there, but how to be responsible for your family and how to um, cherish your wife and stay yeah. in this connection and everything. So it's very important. And I believe that uh, God is helping those people. Then Mark is doing daily reading through the scriptures. Mm -hmm. We have this challenge reading through the Bible in a year. So he's doing every day faithfully. And I'm the sound person editor. <laughs> so if there are some glitches, uh, I'm sorry. But um, I'm sure um, great. I'm laughing. I was like, you know, I don't think I ever read cover to cover the Bible. And now I'm like, really? yes, I never re read like cover to cover. I read probably the whole Bible, but like um, chapter here, then uh, a few, you know, through devotions and uh, like, I, I almost can quote Proverbs because we read Proverbs every day as a family. Yep. You know, that's like our tradition. So uh, we read Proverbs uh, through Proverbs 12 times a year. Right. Uh, and I think a lot of people do that because it's 31 Proverbs yeah. and it's an easy thing to do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but like the other parts of the Bible, especially Old Testament, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, all the names, all the numbers, all the kings. And ooh, I don't think I ever read like seriously all the way through. So now I'm telling Mark, uh, this is like God smiling, God's sense of humor. I'm like, okay. So now not only you have to listen through the rough reading, you have to then edit read through it again and then add background music and read how it sounds so three times so i'm reading the bible three times in a year that's actually pretty cool <laughs> but it's uh, again it's time consuming so uh, yeah. that's why our podcast was um uh, slightly delayed we did 10 episodes now we are kicking off season two another 10 episodes uh lord willing on thursday Yay! We're working on it. Yes. We're going to be talking about uh, The Sound of Freedom, the movie. That's uh, quite controversial, especially in the left side of the country. But yes, I am I am, uh, I am. excited about the podcast and uh, I love what you're doing. I love stay-at-home mom because, like I said, being a, a stay-at-home mom like I am and being a homeschooling mom, uh, that's the whole new experience for me. Now I feel like a pro. And then uh, you are listening, listening to your podcast. Honestly, I feel like, yes, that's me. That, yes, exactly. <laughs> and like kids coming and, you know, you're recording and the kids coming and you're just exactly, you're very real. And I love that about you. And even your podcast reflects your personality and this uh, transparency uh, of your faith, you're always encouraging. You're always sharing the uh, the scripture. You're always encouraging people to uh, dive deeper into their spiritual walk, and I love that. That's very oh. very encouraging. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's my whole goal. 
Yes. <laughs> so I'm glad it's being received that way. It is. It is. I love listening to you because it's like you're a natural. You're you're just sharing and it's like it flows and your English is beautiful, not like mine. So it's like it flows. Oh, you okay. say that. But the first time James heard you speak, he was like, oh, who is that? Some Russian. I don't I, know. I said, that's my beautiful friend, Ula. And he goes, I love her voice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He said, I could sit and listen to her for hours. And I was like, oh, I know. She hates her accent. And I yes. absolutely adore it. <laughs> well, thank you both. He comes from a German family. Okay. So, so neighbor. He had, yes, he had grandparents with pretty thick accents because they okay. they yes. were immigrants from Germany. So for him, I don't know if it just reminds him kind of of home. Yes, of so it's probably. Just, it's just it, you have a very soothing voice. I love your voice, too. Well, That's you. I love listening to the Preacher and Polish Girl. I've really missed it for the last oh. couple months. So I'm happy. But we'll be back. Getting back at it. <laughs> so you are a mom of two. Yes. And did you intentionally only have to, or was this just how the Lord ordained your family? Sometimes you go in and you're like, well, we're just going to have as many kids as we have. And then right. circumstances change and you're like, okay, I think we're just done. Because that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened for us. Yeah. I mean, when I met Park, I was suffering from quite severe endometriosis. And I, even when we were just dating without even going into serious engagement and plans about getting married, I was like, the doctors told me I have 30% of ever having a child because it was so, so severe. Yes. And I was on treatments and different things and surgeries. And of course it was coming back with vengeance. So uh, I I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to hide anything if he had any serious plans about marrying me. And he was like, well, you know, that's fine because um, I I trust the Lord and I believe we're going to have children. But um, if we don't have children of our own, uh, we can always adopt. There are so many wonderful children that need loving parents. And it's not about, you know, having my own child. It's just as someone to raise and share, you know, everything. And I was like, wow, that's beautiful. But when I was growing up, I didn't want to have any children. Uh, I didn't want, I wanted career. I was very uh, you know, corporate oriented. And I thought that's, yes, exactly. Me too. I know. I would, that, that was your first way. episode. That yeah. was your first episode. And no I was desire. like, oh my gosh, that's me. That's my story. <laughs> yes. And then um, when, uh, when we actually got married, um, my condition got worse. And then the doctors told us, and um, they're like, actually, it's probably less than 10%, 10 to 15%, maybe, maybe that you will ever uh, get pregnant. And even if you do get pregnant, there are very slim chances that you will actually keep the pregnancy. So we're like, oh, okay, yeah. so we don't even have to, you know, uh, worry about anything. No, just love each other and have fun, enjoy. But little did we know, I got pregnant uh, after our second wedding because we had first wedding to, to live godly way. Uh, it was to celebrate my life after I had the tumor removed from my throat. It was celebration of life. And uh, we w- we had the civil wedding, as they call it. But also my father-in-law, who is a preacher, he ordained us. He gave us his blessing. So it was in the, guy, in the eyes of God, uh, a true marriage. And then uh, we had our wedding for the family in the big church wedding and with a party. And after that, I found out I was pregnant. So it was a big surprise. Oh my and I was like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's not, maybe it's, 
But yes, uh, I was pregnant and uh, a beautiful, healthy boy was born. And yes, I was teaching him everything in Polish and in English because I was staying home mom for his uh, first year of life. And uh, he was developing wonderfully. He was walking and talking, meeting all the milestones. And then, of course, uh, before his second birthday, uh, we took him for a well-child visit and um, he was vaccine damaged, injured. He got very sick. He was uh, actually high fever that couldn't be shaken with any Tylenol. Yes, it's a paracetamol, which we know is now linked to causing autism because it's... Right. <laughs> and I was just piling on because that's what pediatrician told me. Yep. Um, so when he woke up uh, from this lethargic agony, he completely stopped talking. He stopped eye contact. He stopped using words to communicate. And instead, he was just screaming. His uh, gastrointestinal tract got so inflamed that the food he was taking was just coming through undigested, just chunks oh, of food. Goodness. Very acidic, swollen belly. I mean, all the typical symptoms of um, acute inflammation and yeah. Pediatrician was scolding me for using two languages, actually three languages, because in the kindergarten they were speaking in Greek. Uh, we are living in Cyprus on the mission field. So he was surrounded by three languages. And uh, she was like, well, that's the problem because he stopped talking because it's just too much for him. So just stick to one language. So I did. I just uh, stuck to English language. Thanks, babe. Sorry. I just texted James. I was like, hey, can you um, go pick up Sarah? <laughs> So you're in Cyprus on the missions field with Mark. You are dealing with yes. not quite a toddler yet mm-hmm. who is regressing. And your pediatrician is telling you it's because he's being exposed to three languages. Yes, ma'am. Yep, that's what I was told. And actually, I was in a way ashamed that, you know, how can you teach your child different languages when he his brain is still developing he's you know he's trying to understand the world around him and that's why he's having those tantrums and everything because you know it's too many languages yet so many other kids who are in bilingual families they're raised in two languages and no problem Uh, they learn and then they're proficient and uh, fluent in two languages two native languages all the time all the time yes yes so, um, and then of course, when I suspected later on uh, autism, because I studied um, psychology and even though I didn't pay much attention about autism, because I was like, it's so rare, I will never encounter anyone with autism. Well, did I know? Um, so I was like, tell Mark, I was like, have you noticed that he is not pointing? He is not asking questions. Uh, even he is not responding to his name. I mean, we have to call like Michael, Michael and clap our hands or, you know, and I was like, maybe he's deaf. Right. You know, so we took him for a um, hearing test and no, he's like ultra sensitive to sound like you can do like this and he will turn, you know, or uh, op- pretend to open the candy behind his head and he will turn his head. And so, yeah, his hearing is fine. Uh, but then uh, we, we checked the high tones, low tones, and his hearing was excellent. He's like 2020 wow. vision. It was the perfect hearing. So it wasn't the hearing. It was, it was just disconnection. Yes, absolutely. And neurological damage happening in front of our very eyes. Wow. As you're dealing with all of this, yeah. when do you discover you're pregnant again? Uh, well, I was pregnant actually between our two kids. 
I okay. got pregnant when Michael was, it was before he was uh, vaccine damaged. Okay. And I got pregnant, yes, because I just started working. I went back to work when Michael was just a year old. And it was during this time, uh, it was quite stressful, but I kind of enjoyed my work. I was working with wonderful people and I really enjoyed the time spent at work, even though it was stressful because I was not a salesperson and I had to be sales, international sales representative. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. But so it includes a little bit of acting, I guess. I pulled it off and uh, it was fun. But then I found out I was pregnant and I can believe that because I was like, oh, what about endometriosis? What about you will never get pregnant? And boom, we have, you know, another pregnancy. So I did the test. Of course, it was positive. And we went to the doctor and uh, the ultrasound. And then the doctor said, um, there, it's not a viable pregnancy. I don't see a heartbeat. Oh, and I'm man. Like, oh, no. So, uh, yes, I was eight weeks pregnant, about two months, uh, but I had all the pregnancy symptoms. I mean, I was very sick. I was like, you know, and I could feel it. I could feel in my body I was pregnant. Yeah. And uh, and it was it was hard. It really devastated me. And um, little did I know after the uh, appointment, I had a miscarriage. That was pretty hard for me to understand and you know i was questioning even god i was like why 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 would you give me you know this joy and hope that we will have another baby and then mark helped me through this it was it was hard but god healed me and yeah. mark was my stronghold he was because my faith was getting weaker so he was my uh you know my firm foundation and yeah. he was leading me towards the Lord, pulling me, pulling me behind him. He was like, no, I'm not leaving you behind and your your faith is going to get stronger. You know, the Lord didn't abandon us. Uh, it was just a trial and we will see this baby one day in heaven. Yeah. And um, I believe that. I believe that, yeah. you know. And um, then about a year and a half later, uh, we found out I was pregnant with Vivian. And that was when uh, Michael was having the worst behaviors and his autism really like got a lot worse because of course uh since his second birthday to his third birthday uh, there were a lot more shots vaccinations which i didn't know that uh, that could cause <laughs> his autism and of course when he started improving we go to the next world child visit and he regresses is like two steps forward 10 steps back um oh, and then uh, it just clicked i was like do you see that every time we take him to the doctor, he gets worse and worse? And of course, we're like, you know, maybe he's scared of pediatrician. Maybe that's why he's reacting. He's uh, rebelling. He's plus terrible twos and then terrible threes. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is like, and I started Googling. And uh, back then it was 2009, 2010. So very early uh, communication platform. And I could see other people's posts. And it wasn't like you could find Facebook chat, chat room and support group and so on. So I had to really dive deep. And it was mainly in the UK. Mom's from uh, United Kingdom and we lived in Cyprus back then. So we had a lot of uh, British friends living on the island. That's when I heard about Dr. Andrew Wakefield and his research about measles, mumps, and rubella. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is what we gave Michael not too long ago. And uh, that's the one that really got him so sick. I'm like, it makes wow. sense. Okay. And I started digging deeper and deeper and it's more stories and more stories. And back then, you know, it, it wasn't as 
There was not much that, no, exactly. you couldn't hardly find anything. That's what I no. said in my first intro of the series that yes. I couldn't have any information because if I even asked a friend who is not vaccinating, why are you doing that? All they could tell me was, we just don't feel like it's a good idea. Right. We, you know, we feel connected. Yeah. It's just, but they couldn't even provide information. Nobody had information. I couldn't get my hands on anything. I find it divine. Yes, you were able to find what you did. Yes, you did. But you see, when I found this information, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm sure pediatricians don't know about this research. So, of course, I quickly went to our pediatrician and I was like, "Uh, doctor, I just want your opinion on this because I read so much about this and it makes sense. Dr. Andrew Wakefield. You know, he's discredited, he's debunked, he's just a quack, he's disowned by the British uh, Medical Academy and blah, 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 blah. He's discredited, he's nothing because he confused so many people. And do you believe that vaccines cause autism? And I was like, you know, ashamed for even asking. I was like, well, I'm not sure, but you know, I heard where Dr. Google and I just felt, you know, just so. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Doctors use Google. They do. I mean, in all honesty. I yeah. almost every time I've gone to the doctor, the ER or anything in my yes. whole adult life, they'd be like, hold on. They'd go to the computer. They uh-huh. Google it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then print it off and hand with the website on it. Yeah, exactly. So why what they do? Yes. Justified. Before- because then he shows me his diploma hanging behind him. And it's like, you know how many years it took me? Seven years of medical studies. How many years do you have in medical studies? Mm. And this is the... And then you said you're fired? (laughs) I I wish. Ever come... I wish. But uh, I was arguing about um, coming again for the vaccines. And we did because I was really um, pushed into it. I was just shamed uh, as a mother. Like, you don't care that you can prevent deadly diseases and blah, blah, blah. And of course, I, I fell under pressure. And uh, of course, I have videos of Michael making huge progress and singing, um, playing with other people and dancing, uh, being again, more social and trying to speak more and more clearly. And then we go for the booster. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that was for me the last nail in the coffin. Yeah, and I was like, we're not vaccinating him again. Of course, he argued with me, the pediatrician. And uh, when we had Vivian, I had to take her for well child visit. And we vaccinated her because it was, again, during the time when I was pressured into it. And But I was very careful. And I didn't go every month or every two months like it was scheduled. I just spread it out. There was always something coming up that we couldn't count for the appointment. And it was like four or six months delayed. And when it was time for her MMR, when she was two, I told pediatrician, we changed the pediatrician, by the way, who was not as pushy about vaccines and about MMR. He was like, well, I I see your point because uh, there is some research done. But again, there are no conclusions that MMR may trigger uh, some neurological symptoms. So, yes, we can wait until she's three. And then uh, we can break it into single vial, whatever vaccines, but we never did. Oh, wow. Um, yes. Just the fact that she was willing to do that, I find. He, quite, it was a guy, he, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. That he was willing to do that was quite yes. remarkable in and yes. of itself mm-hmm. because I don't think I even could find a pediatrician in the States. 
right. someone be willing to separate out mm-hmm. combination vaccines. Right. And uh, ever since we moved to America, we couldn't find pediatrician who would be um, who would have a vaccine safety plan. We we would really have uh, pediatricians who would be always pushing vaccines. And of course, they wouldn't accept the vaccination uh, record from Cyprus, even though our doctor wrote and signed what vaccines they had. But um, uh, in their file in America, they have no vaccines, no vaccines ever. I'm like, that's not true. That's not true. Would they expect you to revaccinate them with all of those vaccines? I don't know. I don't want to even ask. But every time we go for a well child visit, which again, we go only when we really have to, like right. we had to sign them up because Michael wouldn't have otherwise his um, communication device through school system. So even going to school, we had to have pediatrician note and so on. So we needed pediatrician and we would always reject, uh, refuse vaccines. And they would put in red letters, uh, parents refuse vaccinations. They were educated on the necessity of vaccines and the preventable diseases and blah, blah, blah. Did they make but you they sign refused. waivers too? Oh, like, they did. If, they if did. the child dies of any of these diseases. Oh, no. Oh, of course oh, not. Can't. No, they would just uh, give me the printout that uh, knowing that we were informed about the diseases that are now preventable through vaccination and the safety and effectiveness of efficacy of uh, the vaccination program uh, proven and that we refused after the whole educational conversation we refused so uh, not only did i sign but uh, everywhere i put no vaccines no vaccines no vaccines no vaccines no vaccines no vaccines <laughs> so it was horrible the paper you know they were like oh one of those but i didn't care you know because i didn't want to sign anything because they can just take the the paper and you know maybe i i didn't see something in a small font or there was always a catch and yeah. i just didn't want to take any risk and uh, so we didn't vaccinate ever since we came here we didn't vaccinate our kids and uh, it's always a problem, but otherwise I wouldn't have Michael's therapy through um, the school program or government program supported. Right. And we can't afford paying, you know, like uh, $100, $200 per hour for his therapy. So right. we had to go to, uh, to pediatrician. And of course, I had a lecture about, you know, um, being irresponsible. And uh, I was like, well, it's not just that I refuse vaccines um because of our injury in the family, but also right. uh, religious re- reasons. And I didn't know, you know, that I shouldn't disclose what religion, but um, this doctor was like, oh, you're Polish, so you're, like, you're a Catholic. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, so what religion are you? I was like, I'm a Christian. Yeah, that's what I mean. You're a Catholic. I'm like, no, I'm a Christian, but uh, it doesn't matter what religion um, I follow. You know, uh, it's just against my conviction. And I don't believe the current vaccinations and what's in them. Oh, no. Oh. And honestly, he couldn't tell me what's in the vaccines, but just, you know, that vaccines are very safe and they go through very rigorous um, safety study. No, they're not. No, they don't. But if you actually they did hate it, search doctor. And I didn't want to irritate the doctor because I yep. needed his uh, search. You're like, I need your signature. So I'm yes. to just yes. smile and nod. Yes, exactly. And I was really biting my tongue. And then Marcus, of course, uh, when I told him about my visit, he was like, oh, no, next visit, I'm going. You're not going to be putting up with this. He will not tell me that. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) You've been fighting this autism beast, 
Really? I've been fighting. Yes. 15 years. Would we want to have children? After Vivian was born, I was willing to have another child. And we were even trying, but um, it didn't happen. And then I was like, I'm getting old. I'm getting tired. And autism was getting out of hand. It was really like having 10 kids. Yeah. I was like, I had to be everywhere. I like, even when uh, Mark was at work and I was with the kids, or even just Michael alone with Michael, I couldn't just go to uh, to take a shower for like three minutes because then he could just do crazy things and climb and kill himself. Right. I couldn't, or even go to the bathroom to to use for number one. I just yeah. couldn't. I had to hold his hand, take him with me, uh, just to be sure that he's safe and okay. So it was very stressful, and um, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm scared. And yes, the the chances of uh, late pregnancy increase the disability, and of course, I was terrified that Vivian will have autism because uh, that's what we're told that it's genetic. So I'm like, mm. yeah. Uh, e- either of either of us, you know, is not um, autistic or, I mean, Mark says that I have some characteristics, but I was like, if <laughs> you were an autism mom, you would get some characteristics too, probably. Oh, I'm sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. But yes, we, we were considering having more children and Mark really still hopes and Vivian as well. She prays that we have another baby. She really wants a baby sister or baby brother, but baby sister specifically she she really prays about it but to be honest since we moved to america i am more scared of being pregnant and then having to go to hospital and having a baby and then getting the baby snatched from me and all those things i know it's paranoia and i know i'm probably over exaggerating because every lady i know here had their baby here and uh, and they were fine and their babies right. were fine but i'm just so scared it's you know just sub- subconscious fear it's valid you're living in a foreign land still even though you've yes. been here for years right it's still a foreign land it's it's yes. not your home right right so i mean it, it makes sense to have i consider kind. it i consider it a home uh yes. it's our home now uh, but also cyprus is our home you're yes we're the, right i mean even this is kind of silly all of my children were born in one state in michigan oh wow okay and moving he- all of them were born in the same hospital except for the last one wow. and even that was uncomfortable uh-huh so the thought of moving to a different state and finding ourselves in that position again that is a little freaky to me <laughs> <laughs> are you planning on having other children I'm not planning on having but if it happens, anymore. It happens. But if it happens, it happens. And mm-hmm. I have I never planned on having any of our kids except one of them. Right. So right. <laughs> there's and she, it wasn't even the first one. Wasn't the one that I planned. It was, well, there you go. It was technically the third, who is yes. the second now because there's yes. miscarriage in there. But mm-hmm. that's the only one that I was like, yes, I want to get pregnant. Let's mm-hmm. have a baby. And maybe <laughs> later this year, and then a month later, I was pregnant. Well, but there you go. the rest of them, it was, I didn't get pregnant when I was ovulating, quote unquote. Uh-huh. Like, yes, we tracked my cycles. We mm-hmm. all, I got yeah. pregnant when the Lord wanted me to be pregnant. And I'm 100% convinced of that. I had no, yes. it had nothing to do with me or James. <laughs> like, yes. Didn't happen the way the textbooks say it happened. You know, we haven't gotten pregnant or had a baby for eight years. My baby's eight. That's a little surreal. To look at yes, I know the fact that tiniest <laughs> gone so long without getting <laughs> pregnant. I'm like, that's crazy because it's yeah. nine years. That's all we did. We got pregnant right. and had babies. Yeah, yeah. So to go eight years has been 
I'm like, oh my gosh, we've almost matched how many years that we were pregnant and having babies. Uh-huh. So I, was, I mean, if the Lord saw fit to give us another one, we would welcome it. Um, mm-hmm. We're definitely not trying. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, but the thought of having a baby in a state that I wasn't born in and my other children weren't born in, that does give me that. Uh-huh. So I don't know. Yes. Yes. So when you say that, it yeah. makes sense to me. Uh-huh. So I'm in the same country. Right. Yes. Just a different state. It's not as familiar. I consider yes. Missouri our home. Right. But knowing that everything that I knew from the foundation uh-huh. of my childhood is right. back in another place. Yes. Even the thought of my children graduating high school and getting married and having families in this state. In different state. Right. It's weird. It is yeah. so weird. <laughs> I'm like, wait, you're not going to. You're not going to be learning to drive on the roads I learned to drive on. Yeah. Ooh, that's that's a different, it's a whole new take on life. It I is. I understand you saying that. You have that. I don't think it's irrational. I think it's our natural state of comfort, right? Mm-hmm. We have comfort in our familiarity with where we've grown up. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense to me. Now, right. does it mean that the Lord can't sustain you through it? Does that mean that the Lord isn't going to protect you and your child? No. Like, right. He's going to do that. If you I know that. <laughs> I know that. But it's like, I'm 44. So I yeah. feel like, you know, I should be a grandma. By no, I mean, I especially in South Carolina, uh, <laughs> ladies my age, they have grandbabies. Oh, and great. Oh, Some of them have great grandbabies. <laughs> my mind is blown because it's yeah. like, I- I'm not ready. I mean, I could have a five-year-old. That's fine, yep. but like having a grandbaby, no, no. Yeah, I I have friends who had all of their kids in their forties, and it blows my mind because man, I had my last at thirty six, and I thought, oh, I feel so old, <laughs> and yes. I'm thirty four, and I'm thinking I don't want any more babies. Yes, and Jamie, I, mean, I turned fifty. He's like, if if we have another baby now, I am fifty. I they are going to think I'm the grandfather at this point. <laughs> We can't have any more. Right. Yeah. Yes. But I believe that God gives us, you know, children to fulfill his plan and whatever the plan is. And like, we are so blessed with Vivian. I mean, I know all the spotlight is always on Michael because he's special needs and it's always, you know, he requires more attention and more of our time. But I cannot look at Vivian and not see this uh, selfless, loving, caring girl who is carrying this heavy burden that she didn't ask for, you know, being a special needs sibling. And she told us and she told her Sunday school teacher that, you know, when I meet the right guy, first of all, he needs to love the Lord more than he loves me. Then I know that he will love me like he should. He needs to love Michael uh, because we will be a package. And she was like, I want you to live till you are 150 or even more. But if God forbid something happens to you and uh, you go home to the Lord, then uh, I want you to know, to have peace that I will be the one looking after Michael. And he will, I will have a room for Michael and he will not go to institution. You know, he will be, yeah, I'm getting emotional talking about it. I'm getting emotional and it's, it's not uh, I privilege, <laughs> but I love your family so much. She is, she is oh. just so wonderful. And uh, you can end it. That, oh, I'm not going to end that out. Vivian was the exact soul that your family needed to carry mm-hmm. you through some of those hardest times. 
Right. To be able to look at a neurotypical child and mm-hmm. watch her grow. Yes. Not that you were comparing her and Michael mm-hmm. to one another, but knowing life is continuing. Because I think sometimes, yeah. and I don't have a child with autism. I have a mm-hmm. child with neurological developmental delay, which yeah. can mimic the symptoms of autism. Sure. Yeah. Um, to have a child after that reminded me that life is mm-hmm. continuing because you get sucked into this special needs vortex. Yes. Is kind of what I call it. You get so consumed. Mm-hmm. It, time almost stops. And yeah. You feel like you're just like this gerbil on this wheel, just going Absolutely. around and around and around and around and around constantly. And that's exactly how it feels. The mm-hmm. days feel like they never end. It just mm-hmm. runs into the next one. And it's, yes. it's a time warp, I feel like. Yes. I'm assuming the minimal symptoms that we deal with Sophia, which are much more exaggerated with children with autism, especially severe autism, mm-hmm. I can imagine that vortex feeling so much larger and getting so consumed by it that without Vivian in your life, it would have consumed you. Yes, it would. You know, she was kind of that stabilizer for you guys. Right. And like you said, we get this blessing of experiencing a neurotypical child. So mm-hmm. when we're talking about, you know, uh, one day Mark walking her down the aisle when she marries someone, we we dream about that. And of course, we will not stop dreaming about that for our Michael because we see he's growing, yes. he's maturing so fast. And the way he interacts, we we hope that he'll find his, we call it, that he'll find his Jesse because our friend Jesse, who married our friend Jonathan, he has several palsy. He's a wonderful evangelist. I mean, uh, one of my favorite evangelists. She married him not because of disability. She didn't see the disability per se, but she is his uh, number one person. She's yeah. there to help him and, uh, you know, just be his hands when he needs to be his driver. It's amazing. And that's why we pray when we pray for Michael's spouse one day that Michael will find his Jesse. Yeah. God knows what we mean. Yeah. And uh, I believe that uh, God is uh, absolutely capable and Michael is communicating more and more. I mean, it takes time and patience, but I tell you what, he taught me so much patience. I just, I was very Southern. I just realized, I tell you what. What? I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? <laughs> anyway, he's maturing. He's being more patient, but it's all the Lord. Again, COVID was our blessing in disguise because we got to spend time together. Mark had to quit his job, daily job, which was quite financially profitable for us. We were able to buy a car and get more established in America because we had to really come, move, and start from yeah. scratch. We had zero credit. We had to build our credit and everything. I mean, it was it was like we were teenagers, just newlyweds, but with the <laughs> luggage, you know, with the baggage of children, children, children and everything. And like, oh my goodness, what do we do? So uh, Mark was working full time job uh, in North Carolina, and uh, I was staying home. I was doing odd jobs here and there, but it wasn't like uh, you know our life, uh, our purpose. Right. And then we moved here to South Carolina, where Mark was asked to be a pastor of a church. And again, it just felt like a glove fits perfectly. And as soon as we took over the church, early 2020, January of 2020. Before things uh, got crazy. Yes. Three months later, when we were trying to establish a relationship with the congregation, when we we're trying to meet people and get to know them, boom, lockdowns, COVID, 
you know, no, close down the doors. We're like, what? Mark had to quit the job. Uh, we had to move to South Carolina because we're driving uh, twice a week, uh, every Sunday, every Wednesday to to preach and meet people and then going back to North Carolina because kids were there at school. But then COVID was like, oh, it's virtual learning. Perfect. So we could do it from the South Carolina. Uh, right. And, and it was amazing. So we were spending more time together. And honestly, the kids uh, just felt so happy having us around 24-7. And uh, we grew stronger as a unit. And that's why I had time to study because Mark was there to help me. We were, you know, communicating better. And yes, it was stressful at times. Homeschooling for the first time in my life. I was like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, I hope the kids will pass this year and just, you know, that the COVID will be ended and they can go back to normal school. But actually, God opened our eyes and um, I'm like, actually, hmm, I like this homeschooling thing because honestly, we are in control what they are being taught. We are in control what their absorbent brains are consuming and, uh, you know, assimilating and understanding the world and everything. So that was such a blessing. Actually, from 2020, Michael started growing more and more, even spiritually, the way he worships. He doesn't need words. He doesn't need to express with words and sing with words. He just sits and listens to music and cries. And it's just so moving. He he really feels the connection with the Lord. I mean, the Holy Spirit is moving through him. And even when we have people in church coming uh, to the altar and, you know, I close my eyes and I pray for those that come to the altar, but Michael just grabs my hand, leads me to the altar and pray for them. And sometimes he just wants to hug the person that's kneeling down and crying. And he's so sensitive. And of course, the doctors told us, you know, uh, children on the autism spectrum, they lack empathy. They don't understand the feelings. They don't understand the concept of love and hate and so on. That's why they are so cold. They can be aggressive and, oh my goodness, you know, a load of baloney. Manure. Manure. I think in the short time that I've known you, probably one of the most amazing things that I've witnessed has Mm -hmm. been Michael's maturity and his growth and the things that you've shared and the different therapies that he's gone through. We're going to have to do another episode talking just strictly about your journey through his healing and Mm -hmm. Another one uh, about just how Vivian has matured and grown into who she's supposed to be yes. through all of this. Because mm-hmm. I feel like both of those topics could be a podcast all on their own. Right. <laughs> and your family's amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. But I want to sum up that, you know, uh, God didn't cause Michael's autism because I was struggling for years Really? Yes, I was. I was angry with God, even though I was a pastor's wife, a missionary. I would have to put up a front. I would have to be the strong one in faith. I would have to be, you know, telling people, you know, trust the Lord, lean on the Lord. And uh, the Holy Spirit at the same time was like, hey, who are you preaching to? (laughs) Look, look right here, right here. So I had to look in my own heart and I'm like, God, I'm a hypocrite because I, I do lack faith. I, I think I'm angry. I'm angry that you allowed Michael to get autism. And God was so merciful and so wonderful and faithful through it all. He let me vent. He let me experience this anger, frustration and everything to make me see the bigger picture. It's like with the sin, you know, God didn't cause Adam and Eve to sin. The original sin, they chose. That's why God gave us free will. I didn't have to take Michael to the doctor. 
I did it. I mean, okay, or mom and dad, you know, my in-laws took him for the shot, for the fatal shot uh, and whatever. Should I blame them? No, it's ridiculous. God yeah. allowed bad things to happen, but he used them for a greater purpose. And like even someone told us, which angered us at first, but after we digested it and, uh, you know, put ourselves outside of this box of emotions, we're like, actually, yes. They told us, you know, what if God used this disability, autism, you know, injury to prevent Michael for from getting, you know, as a teenage boy, for example, into crime or something bringing shame to the ministry or something hurting himself in a way that a young man would, getting into drugs and whatever, getting involved. I mean, it's a possibility, right? I guess. Uh, that's that's kind of a stretch. <laughs> yes, but I am grabbing on to anything that's in a way positive. The, the reality is is that the Lord allows us to make choices and sometimes there's consequences right. for the choices that we make. And mm-hmm. sometimes those quants- those consequences don't just affect us, but they affect the people that we love the most and sometimes the people we're supposed to protect. Right. And just like the things that I've dealt with, Sophia, it's extremely mm-hmm. difficult to to carry that burden. But I believe that's where the scripture that says, um, come to me, all those who are heavy Heavy laden laden, and and, and lay your burdens at my feet and take my yoke upon you because it is light. Light. Because he he knows that we're going to make those choices. Does he allow it to happen? Yes, to an extent, right? Did he do it to prevent him from doing something he shouldn't have? I don't ascribe to that belief Mm -hmm. because... I don't, uh, because we have so many choices, right? Right. Just to say yes. that Michael wouldn't be exactly who he is without mm-hmm. the autism. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. The heart right. that is within him isn't within him because the spirit that is living in him isn't mm-hmm. what it is because of his autism. That is right. who he was placed on this earth to be. Right. The autism is preventing preventing it from coming out to the extent that we want to mm-hmm. see it because we right. have this idea of what it should look like. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because of his autism, he's not socializing with right with peers. kids that he would be for sure. Right, and so- nowadays, uh, social media and everything—I mean, it would be everywhere. Yeah, he would be and exposed to a lot of things he shouldn't be exposed to at an early tender age. Who knows? I mean, God is using all. He'll use everything, yeah, for it. his good. For yes. his good, because exactly, it's all about glorifying him through our. Life. I wouldn't be able to really dive deep into naturopathy and uh, alternative medicine if not for Michael. I mean, I neglected my own health. I didn't search yeah. alternative ways for treating my endometriosis, which I suffered for years. I mean, it's debilitating condition. And uh, praise the Lord, I'm completely healed, 100% healed, which puzzles the doctors because it's impossible. It's a life oh, yeah, condition, they- you know, until menopause and then, of course, right. hormones dried up. But uh, I'm like, no, it's not true. Again, you're wrong again. The same with empathy and autistic yeah. uh, children lacking it. No, you're absolutely you wrong. If anything, they're over-empathetic. Yes. They feel like even when we joke with Mark, you know, sometimes I'm like, spank. Should I spank daddy? Spank. So I spank. <laughs> And then daddy's like, ow. And Michael's like, immediately and trying and put oh. his own arm, like, you know, spank me, spank me instead, don't hurt my daddy. Oh. I'm like, oh my goodness. So we cannot play like that anymore, not joking way. Because yeah. he really, he's like, you know, here, hit me, but don't hurt them. It's like, there, oh. yeah. There are a lot of poor adopted oh, yes. theories out there when it comes to kids with autism. Talk about misinformation, huh? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you have such a beautiful family. 
Well, thank you. So do you. An incredible, oh, thank you. Yes, yes I great. love girls. They are something. <laughs> yes, they are. They are. I mean, it's your life is so colorful because of that. And like, they're so creative. I love their uh, creative minds and arts and crafts. I love their uh, even entrepreneur spirit and just ideas. I mean, honestly. They are my yep. life. I don't know who I would be without them. They make me a better version of myself for sure. Yes. Yes. And your kids do for you. And I for sure. That. I for see sure. that. Well, yes. Ula, I appreciate you joining me on my podcast. Thank you, Leslie. And extending it even longer than we had planned <laughs> because I love you and adore you and appreciate everything you do so much. And thank you. I Likewise. wanted to share you with all of my listeners. Assuming there are people who listen to my podcast that don't already listen to yours. <laughs> and even if they do, you know, it's like, a, oh, it's a fusion. Yes, I thought it's a fusion. I like it. Me too. Well, well, thank you so much for having me. And I'm looking forward to hearing more stories from other awesome mommies. And um, God bless you for doing this podcast. Oh, thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ula, for sharing your journey with us. I love you. I love your family, and I am always excited to hear what the Lord's doing in your lives. And I pray that all of the stay-at-home mom listeners have thoroughly enjoyed this journey of motherhood that Ula shared. Next week, we will be interviewing another mom. Her name is Courtney. She's a twin mom. She has an incredible story to share as well. You can also follow up on things that are happening in the stay-at-home mom goodie life by checking out my Instagram. You can check out our Facebook page. I still haven't updated the Goodies Gabbing's YouTube channel but I have a ton of video to edit, so I would like to get to that soon. And don't forget to look at our affiliate, Rejuva Minerals, which is an incredible safe makeup option for everyone. They're US-based. They care about making sure that they are providing the purest ingredients for all of their customers. And I have a little shout out to them because I went out on a mom's night this weekend. And I actually had people comment on how my makeup looked. So. That is a huge win for Rejuva Minerals because they supplied everything that I use. I don't use anything that's not on their website. <laughs> so you can check them out on the affiliate link below. I have all of Ula's links below as well. Her Preacher and the Polish Girl podcast link, Autism Mama Bear, the different things that they're doing with their ministries. You can check them out. Give them all of the love and all of the encouragement. I pray that you enjoyed it. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me. Embrace your motherhood this week and pray that you'll build your home with your own two hands. Wow, you love your family. Bye.